Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend Anne Chavruta, Yerdena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, daf bet. We are in a new Masachet. We're starting Masachet Rosh Hashanah with the second page, meaning it's not really the second page, it's the first page. It just always begins with daf bet, page two. Um, a little bit of bookkeeping. Those of you who participated in the Siyum yesterday, thank you so much for joining us. Be there. The recording of the scene will be up hopefully uh, later today, if not then tomorrow. Um, we want to thank everybody. It was really a very lovely um, joint effort, I think, in sharing of some of the challenges and some of the joys in learning the DAF. Um, okay, and I just one comment which I had said in the Siyum, which is that these these masachto that we're in now from Beitza now for the next four or five. Uh, fly by. They're about a month long, meaning in terms of the number of days. And that means that everybody who's learning Dafyomi is trying to get their hands on these masachtot, on the physical books. If you don't have them, you might want to try to get them in advance because as I have heard tell in Jerusalem, supply can run short. Um, okay. A, a few words of introduction to Rosh Hashanah. I have the feeling that we're going to go back and forth between saying Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Hashanah. So bear with us. It's just the nature of it. Um, the, the phenomenon of Rosh Hashanah that we know as a holiday is only part or even maybe a small part of what this day is, of what this Masechet is all about. Uh, the, the phenomenon of Rosh Hashanah, meaning Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, is only mentioned once in Tanakh. It's mentioned in the book of Ezekiel, Yecheskel, and there it's talking about a very specific day, and it's really talking about the Yom Kippur day in a in a jubilee year, meaning the term Rosh Hashanah is not used colloquially in the in the Torah at all or in Tanakh at all, but in the Gemara it comes to mean not just the first day of the month of Tishrei, which is the one that we all know and have recently celebrated, but the first day of se- it, it it shows up. We're going to hear this here, Danny. You're going to talk about this in the Mishnah. There's several different heads of the year. And the issue here is really how do we count that certain things cannot, you know, we we make sure that we keep track of how old things are or when there's going to be a changing of a calendar year for all kinds of reasons, some of them technical and some of them, I would say, a little more fundamental in terms of the nature of what happens as things mature. And that holds for the agricultural year and that holds for the human calendar and so on. All of this, I think, will become a little bit more clear as we get into the details of what these years are. Um, But what that means is like some of this is based on simply based on the number of days that have passed. We're going to have a calendar year and it's going to be, you know, every every year we're going to, you know, the, the new time is going to drop, so to speak, on or be added really on the first day of Tishrei or the first day of Nisan and so on. Some of the ways we keep track of age and and time passing is based on a physical change. And a lot of that is the physical change in the celestial bodies, meaning literally the astronomy that goes along with the calendar year. And some of that is the maturation of buds, you know, plants, the buds on a tree or uh how how um 
sheep? You know, at what point do do animals demonstrate that they have passed their next milestone kind of thing? So there's this is the, the crux, I think, of the Jewish calendar, that there's this kind of um, interplay between the science and the math of the calendar year, which is, you know, which is a matter of the moon revolving around the earth and so on. Uh, even if their astronomy was a little bit different than our astronomy, it's really basically sufficient for what we needed today. And then it's a recognition that there's also a need to keep track of how old things are in terms of their maturity. And this has all kinds of bearing in, in areas of halakha, um, in terms of, well, in terms of when we say that a tree, for example, has reached its maturation, that we can take the fruit from it, because the first several years we say you can't take the fruit from a tree, and so on. Um, these are my examples, right? It's not that this is the beginning of the Gemara, but the idea of keeping track of time uh, is not unusual, right? Meaning all cultures, as far as I know, do this. Uh, it would be really quite difficult, I think, to keep to make sense of anything without a sense of time. Uh, one other thing to note is that the, you know, we now function, our clocks function based on the prime meridian, right? The line that goes through the Greenwich mean time, whatever. And then we understand this. We have AM and PM and so on. The, the sages used, and this should not surprise anybody, the sages used the location of the Sanhedrin in where it was sitting or where it had been sitting in the land of Israel. And they use that as their their baseline from which to then, you know, determine other geographical markers for any calculations they were doing. Now, some of the calculations that we're going to encounter in this masachet are head spinning, unless you're already an astronomer. And even if you're already an astronomer, astronomer, you have to you have to kind of pin it down, you know, from the ancient world to the current world and so on. Um, and then, of course. Oh, so let me just say that the as much as much of the Masachet is dealing with the phenomenon of these different Rosh Hashanah, right? These different heads of the year because we're counting different things, different identities and so on. And Yordan, I know you're going to talk about this in a minute. Um, also, and we'll see this as we go through the parak, some portion of it really is about our experience of the holiday that we call Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah, and the experience of the mitzvah, the main mitzvah of that day, which is shofar. So we're not there yet. There's four chapters in this in this parak. The first one really does excuse me discuss the four new years and how each of them is applied. Uh, we begin also with a discussion of the witnesses to the court because the witnesses were the way, at least back in the day, they determined each new month, each which has effect on each new year. Chap chapter two um, is about examining the witnesses and their testimony. Chapter three is shofar. There you go. And chapter four is going to get a little bit more technical of what happens when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbat and you have to deal with the tefillot and so on of that day. So we've seen this before that the, the end of a masachet ends up being more of a kind of a roundup of details as we go. Um, I think without further ado, Yardina, I'm going to turn it over to you for our first Mishnah. Yep, thank you for that introduction. And I, I like this myself that there's a lot of great, interesting topics here. So we begin with the following Mishnah. So there's four basically new years in the Jewish calendar. 
So the first of Nisan is considered to be the new year for kings. And the Gemara explains, you know, that in detail that in other words, if a king, you know, starts his reign on Adar, which is the month before 29, and then Nisan, it, you know, serves for one day or not even a full complete day. And Nisan, the first of Nisan is the next day, then that first of Nisan would already be considered to be year two for that king and for the Jewish holidays. So in other words, we always consider the cycle of the Regalim of Nisan, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Nisan is the first one. The first of Elo, Rosh Hashanah Maser Behema. So that is the date that we use to say that all the animals that are basically born before that first of Elo belong to the Maser, right? You would have to give one of one tenth of all of the animals that were born of your livestock. So belongs to sort of that group. And after Elo belongs to the next year. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, Amrim, Be'echad, Betishrei. They use the date of the first of Tishrei. The Echad Betishrei. So now we're back to the Tanakhama here, right? The first of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah L'Shanim, V'Lashmitim, V'Layovlod, V'Lenitiyad, L'Yirakot. So the first of Tishrei is essentially sort of the agricultural new year. So we use it for calculating Shemitah, right? Which we're currently in one. Uh, for uh, for Yovel, for planting. In other words, if we needed to determine a tree that was Orla, right? The a fruit tree, the first three years, uh, we don't uh, we don't eat the fruit at all. And also for uh, for tithing, for the master that we have to give of vegetables. So vegetables that are picked before that date have to be master is to be given together. After that date, master is given together. The Echad Bishvat, the first of Shvat, Rosh Hashanah La'ilan, Kedivrei Shammai. So this is a very famous Machlokas. The first of Shvat is the new year for trees. And again, that has to do with the tithing, with the master that would be taken for the fruit of the trees, is not based on this Elul, or uh, is not based on this Tishrei date, but rather is based on the Shvat date. Beit Shammai famously says it's the first of Shvat, Beit Hillel Rebab Chamisha Sarbao, right? This is two Bishvat. The Beit Hillel says it's actually... So the Gemara begins with a rather lengthy discussion of the actual counting and quotes a few bright totes that show the counting that I explained when I read the Mishnah about 29 of Adar versus the first of Nisan. And finally, you know, we get to the like, uh, how do they know all this? I'm a Rabbi Yochanan, so now I'm in the middle of Amud Bet. How do we know that for kings, we're counting from Nisan, right? And again, here we're talking about Jewish kings. So it says that in the 480th year, this is a pasuk from Lachim uh, Aleph, chapter 6, verse 1, that it came to pass, right? And 480th year after the children of Israel came out of, so this is after Yitzhak Mitzrayim, after they came out of Egypt, in the fourth year of Shlomo's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, so when you read uh, Tanakh there, the um, the uh, uh, date, well, the months have different names, actually. Uh, the months that we use are Babylonian in, in, in uh, nature, but this is sort of what the original months was. And it's in that month that he began to build, basically, the Beit HaMikdash. So the Gemara here notices what's important here is that Yitzhak Mitzrayim is mentioned in the counting of how many years or sort of to orient ourselves 
to what is happening with the beginning, with the building of the Beit HaMikdash. So what we learn from here is that, is that just as Yitziat Mitzrayim took place in Nisan, it must be that sort of Shlomo's reign, uh, we start counting uh, from Nisan. And so then the Gemara says, Yitziat Mitzrayim gufa minyalan demi Nisan maninan, dilma mitushay maninan. So they said, okay, still, like, do we really understand that you count Right, the, maybe we don't count the years of Yitzhak Mitzrayim from Nisan. Maybe we actually should count them from Tishrei. Just because the event happened in Nisan, why does that set the whole calendar? So the Gemara says it shouldn't enter your mind, right? You shouldn't ask this question. And so now they quote a pasuk from Bamidbar, chapter thirty-three, verse thirty-eight. Let's say B'nai Israel, uh, B'nai Israel, so it's describing Aaron's death, right? That he goes up to the top of the mountain and he dies in the forty in the fortieth year of, of 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 the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, right? And which month is it? In the fifth month, um, on the first of the month. Um, so Ukitiv, and later it says, mm-hmm. And then later it says, right, that Moshe spoke to B'nai Israel, okay, um, on the 40th, uh, on, in the 11th month, on the first of the month. And this is a passage from Devarim, chapter 1, verse 3. So we say, right, So we know that Aaron dies in the month of Av. And we're still saying that it's the 40th year, right? Basically tells us, right? And later on, when it speaks about the month of Shrat, it's still saying that it's the 40th year, right? So Michlau, meaning so that you had like a Tishrei in between there, right? It goes Av, Elo, Tishrei, Cheshvan, Shrat. So you you see this, you know, happening there. And then it basically says, the Kav Bishvat, right? So in other words, because when, uh, um, sorry, let me back up. When Moshe speaks them in the 11th month later on, right? Av is the fifth month. Then he comes in the 11th month, okay? We assume that that's the month of Shvat. There's a Tishrei in between there. We're still saying it's within the 40th year. So Michlaz of Rosh Hashanah lab Tishrei. So that's how they basically learn out that Rosh Hashanah, the Rosh Hashanah for kings cannot be on Tishrei because you have this. So it's it's a little bit of a learning, right? Like it's that you you have this connection between Shlomo and Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And then the question is, well, how do you know you count Yitzhak Mitzrayim from Nisan? So when we have, you know, these uh, from these Psukim from Bamidbar and Devarim, one which takes place in the month of Av, because we know that's when Aaron's Yurtzeit is, one which takes place, right? It, and that's described as the fifth month. And then we have one that takes place in the 11th month. And that, if we count, has to be the month of Shrat. We have a Tishrei in between here, but yet it's still described as the 40th year. So again, these are the types of learnings we're always like, is this really how they learned it? Or do they just try to go back to fit a Pasuk? Uh, this feels a little bit like they might've gone back to fit a Pasuk. Like this was something they knew. They just wanted to be able to prove it. Um, and so, uh, you know, but I think it's an interesting passage of how they actually do it. And it's really paying attention to the details in the Psukim itself.
So I always had learned or been given to understand that this difference between the year beginning in Nisan, meaning that the the way God's years, so to speak, that are presented as the beginning of the year in Nisan, means that then the creation of the world, that's the where the historical event of it is Tishrei, means like the world is created in the seventh month for example, right? That That's one way of, you know, conceptually wrapping your mind around the fact that you've got, you know, the beginning of the year at a different time than the time when we celebrate Rosh Hashanah and the creation of the world. Um, this idea of these four different Rosh Hashanah, uh, the four different heads of the year, I think is an uh, perhaps better or certainly a more traditional understanding of exactly how to work that out differently, right? If you have several different um, ways of counting each kind of thing over the course of the year, over the course of any one year, you're going to be counting different things with different new years beginning all the time, not all the time, but right, these four times, then you don't have to worry about the fact that Tishrei, that the world is created in the seventh month and the first month is something else because they're they're keeping account of, quote, first months in a different way, right? That there's a first month of Nisan that we're, Nisan is the first month for one thing, but Tishrei is the first month for something else, and Shvat is some is the first month for something else, and so on. Seems like a very Jewish way to keep a calendar. Well, that's our <laughs> adapt discussion for the day. Rank us reviews on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rebbe Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this stop on our Talking Talent Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.